Welcome, 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 welcome to the RIP 28 Podcast. This is the RIP 28 Podcast. It's a podcast where a few friends get together and we talk about a few things. Now, some of those things you might like, some of those things you might not like, but we're going to keep on talking about them on the RIP 28 Podcast. I am your humble host, Slotter Sports Guy, joined by a few of my good friends. You know, as always, we start off with the president. What's going on, El Presidente? Hey, same day, same dollars, you know what I'm saying? That's how we do it, man. See that in a bit. There it is. On the other side, we got your favorite coach, favorite coach. What's going on, LBZ? Man, it's BZ the great, man. Just here for a great time, man. You see what it says, basketball never stops. I'm always your coach. Let's go. There it is. Now, we brought on a special guest, man. We brought on a special guest, man. We like to bring on people regardless of their bad taste in sports teams, we still bring on good people if he's a good person. Even We even let these Cowboy, regular Cowboy fans on the show. Hey, man. Every so often, we bring on a regular Cowboy fan. Cut, cut, cut. Oh, you ain't tell me. You ain't tell me that. The owner of Primetime Pools, the one and only Mr. D.R. Randolph. What's going on, brother? I'm all right, brother. That's Rudolph, brother. The one and only. I'm glad to be here, man. Thanks for the invite. Man, we're glad to have you, man. We're glad to have you, man. We're on the Real 28 podcast, man. One thing we like to do on the Real 28 podcast, man, DI can't join us, but you know, sometimes we like to sip on a little something to get this show started, man. You know, me, today I'm going meat. I'm going Pendleton Reserve Whiskey. Neat. That's what they like to say. No ice, no, no nothing. Just neat. No nothing. Straight back. Reserve right here. Get some hair. I'm gonna get some hair on my chest for the end of the show, boy. Hey, hey he talking about hair on the chair. He's trying to get some hair back on the head. <laughs> that shade, baby. That shade. That ain't all the shade. Get, get that right now. Get that right. That shade. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sipping on a little uh Crown Rizzo all over here, you know what I'm saying? And uh, excuse that. Excuse Sly, man. He, he always mess up his name. Uh, but uh, we, we going to get him together. I done been sleeping before the show started, man. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem, man. You know, you know, D.I., D.I., you ain't sleeping on man. We see you. <laughs> no, no, not today, man. Richmond County waiting on you to start sleeping something right now. You better know it. You better know it. They I don't think my degree coming to Justin pulled me out of that one. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, now, we can't help, we can't, now, we can't you, help you something, uh, you, you got that early start in the morning. Well, yeah. I'm sipping on I'm sipping on some some good water, man. Yeah. We start spring practice yeah. tomorrow, so I gotta start hydrating, get ready for the season, guys. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. That time of year, man. Uh-huh. The young boys out there getting ready, spring ball. Yeah, yeah. Love it, man. Love it, man. You know, uh, speaking of spring, springtime, a lot of stuff happened in the spring. You know, kids getting ready to graduate, kids getting ready to play spring football. But the big thing when you in a, when you in high school, man, it's the prom. It's prom season coming up, man. I'm looking on on Facebook. I'm seeing all these pictures of all my um, classmates, my former classmates, and they kids getting ready for the prom, wearing their suits. You know, the girls out here in nice dresses, the, the dudes out here in all them same suits we used to clown our Pee Wee Herman for wearing. <laughs> the dudes dude wearing the same damn Pee Wee Herman suit, man. Hey, but they very better now. I wear a suit with no socks on. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I understand that yet. I understand that for you. You wear a, a suit, but you got no socks in your shoes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's I ain't that cool. Fad, man. It's the new fan. You got to get with it, man. You, we may not understand it, but we can't knock it. I like the young boys with they, they different flair, man. Yeah, until they get athlete's feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that toe, that that little baby toe, gonna be rough to hell. Take off with no socks. I'm gonna have a bunion on the side of that thing. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. But check this, man. Once something going on, no man, that kind of caught everybody eye. It was a young lady in Florida, man. Young lady in Florida 
She had on a nice, elegant dress, man. Looked real, you know, real sharp, man. And it was like purple or blue or something. And had the, I don't know what you call it, the tail or whatever, wrapped around. But the, but the young broad man, she was holding, she was holding some guns bigger than me. You know what I'm saying? She, she had some artillery out there, man. She was sitting out there posing with the gun. And then uh, I guess her boyfriend or brother or somebody was standing on the dress holding the gun. That's it, come on. That's you know, hey, man, I'm, I'm a big fan of that Second Amendment. I don't, I don't know how that worked out right there, though, with, with, the, with the girl holding the gun, man. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, man. She got a, they say she got expelled from high school, and they took us college. I, 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 I can't agree with that. You know, I like, you know, I lived in Arkansas for about eight years. And folks take pictures with guns all the time. That's what they do. They, they hunt and fish and do all that stuff. Take pictures with their rifles and all that stuff. Yeah. What, what's the difference? Well, I mean, you know the difference. She's a black girl. That, that's the difference. That's what I'm saying. That, that's the difference. But, oh, you know, my thing is, I don't think that it was anything she did was illegal anything like that I don't think it warranted a suspension I just think it was in bad taste you know what I'm saying and, and yes, a lot it's, of stuff not, it's not necessarily evil or not necessarily wrong but in bad taste is what she did man. and uh, did she deserve to, to lose a scholarship no nah, she didn't deserve to lose no scholarship but you know optics is everything you know, it's not necessarily what you do; it's what people see you doing is what gets you in trouble. How they interpret, and so you know, you got to be holding, you know, some super super machine gun. Yeah, I think. Do I want that on my campus next year? Exactly. Okay. I got, I got kind of, mixed, I got kind of, I got kind of mixed reviews about that, man. Because I mean, it's like my daughter at that age going to prom. I know how I wouldn't let her do, take a picture like that. You know what I mean? Because at the same time, the image that we put out, they already expect this type of behavior from us anyway. Yeah. So, and then I read online, her sister saying that everything that everybody's saying is false, that she didn't lose a scholarship, stuff like that. The guns was only props. They wasn't real guns, but you know how they go. That's 50-50. He <laughs> said, you know what I mean? Well, don't look real to me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if I believe that about them being fake good. Hey, yeah, see. that's what I'm saying, man. It's like, it's, it's kind of a, a, a catch-22, a double standard thing, you know what I mean? Because everybody's going to have mixed, mixed views about this whole situation because they put another picture up with a bunch of white girls with, with, with ARs and everything in their hand, too, in their prom dress. You know what I mean? So nah, it's, it's already, we're always going to be held to a different light than everybody else because they look at it like this. Let them keep doing what they're doing. They can kill off their race. And the only way to kill off a race is to take away their ability to reproduce. So we killing each other, going to prison and stuff like that. The black race is going to be extinct. You know what I mean? Only thing God say is, where were, where were her parents? Who who advised her on this or who sat around and let her do that, knowing what she had on the line, knowing if if they see something they don't like or one false move or one negative report, they can do this type of thing. So who was advising her? That's exactly what I want to know. Where was yeah. her parents? Where was her her village? She needs a village around her to advise her yeah. right. Yeah. I'm sure they didn't think that all that uh, backlash was going to come. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, me personally, that ain't how I live my life. So my kids won't be taking no pictures with no guns and nothing like that. But I can't say that... Uh, Somebody else can't do it, or it's a bad yeah. thing because they doing it. You know what I mean? It's like I, I wouldn't have just uh, automatically thought that thinking she gonna get expelled from school from doing that. They was at they looked like they was in their neighborhood. I can see she took a picture with the guns at the school at like, the prom. So like yeah. you know, that's, that's another. That's a whole another thing. But um, I don't know, man. I just I just don't think it was it was right the way that guy. Only thing I'll say about that is about the parent part, you're supposed to think for your child. I mean, of, of course, a 16-year-old, 17-year-old, they're not going to make 
the rational decision that um, that we would as parents, and that's our job. When we see our child making a decision that 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 may hinder him or her, we're supposed to straighten them out and tell them, no, that's not what we're going to do. But if you don't have that, like I said, that village or that fence around you, you're allowed mm-hmm. to make these you you're allowed to make these decisions that that can come back to hurt you. Nobody probably thought that, but as a parent, I would think um, there would be ramifications outside of this for my child before I let do that. Well, you know that yeah. ain't her gun. Somebody had to give it to her. Exactly my so, point. That's yeah, what I'm saying. That's that's probably probably the parent probably gave it to. That's what I say. Who advised yeah. her? Who advised yeah. her? Who, who then, was like, there to also, say no? That's not that's not how we gonna do that. We are gonna keep it like Sly said. She was classy and cute. Keep it classy and cute and move on. And that's the time and the place for everything. That's why it's still in my girls, man. Like young girls ought to be seen. You know what I mean? Not heard. Well, right. you know what I mean. So it's like they take into account they okay. They from Florida. This is what goes on in Florida. We got guns. Yeah, yeah. Now he, he yeah. knows something else, though. I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw at you, man. A lot of people think this is a big thing or a big issue, but I don't think this might, this might not be a big, it might not be as big an issue as, as we making it. And the reason I'm saying that is because of your algorithm on Facebook and all this type of shit. Facebook, these computers, they know exactly who you are, what type of people you 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 talk to and everything like that. So what happens with that, you're only going to see topics that relate to you. You ain't going to see topics that don't really relate to you. And, and what I mean by that, um, one, one of my employees, I got to work for me, man, um, he pulled up Facebook on his phone, and I was just scrolling through his Facebook. You know what I'm saying? I was scrolling through his Facebook, and I ain't see nothing that I see littering my feed. You see what I'm saying? You don't you don't see nothing. The ads different. You know what I'm saying? He got you know quotes from Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and stuff, all that's on his page. You know what I'm saying? And I, I see none of that stuff on my timeline. So so it might just only be a big deal in our community. Some other folk probably ain't even think about it. Yeah, like, uh, might not about it. Everything in your timeline is big with the girls and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, man. I got to get away from that stuff, though, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a married man, <laughs> ten pics half naked on, on my Facebook and stuff like that. I have to get away from that. That ain't a good look for me. And me and my wife, we had these little conversations all the time about what what's on social media, this and the third. And I can say it to them blue in the face that I ain't interested. But if it's on my timeline up and down. Of course, she's going to think that, okay, this is what I like to see. Now, yeah, see, like see that's, that's the crazy thing, now. That's the crazy thing, because I, I like this subject right here. Now, you can't control what's on your time. If, if somebody on your friends list posts a picture, especially Facebook, Instagram and stuff, you got all these Instagram models and stuff like that. Now, you, you might be, you know, just called looking too hard. But if it's on your Facebook, you can't really yeah. get told if, if some girl posts a picture on your on her Facebook of her in a bathing suit. You know what I'm saying? You can't yeah. control that. So I, I don't understand why they, why they even get mad at you over that one right there. Hey, man, it's like you is you can it's like it's like Facebook a business, you know what I mean? But when somebody put a picture up there, a video, they have niggas shaking it behind or whatever. Oh, that's what you like. It's it just, I, I can see her part of the point of view now because how would I feel if she watching dudes on there, got their meat all out, you know what I mean? And the skimpiest shit, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, <laughs> I kind of feel where she coming from on that. So I just, I toned it down because me, I don't care, you know what I'm saying? Because I look at it, if you're interested in somebody and then you try to contact them, then, okay, you're trying to act on that impulse. That's how I look at it. But women don't see it that way. But, but my thing is, you can't, control, you can't control what's on your Facebook timeline. Now, Instagram 
Instagram might get how you can get mad because if you following a hundred different Instagram models, that's all you're gonna see. But on yeah. Facebook is technically, you know, you know, fa- Facebook is people you know and yeah. People you know, yeah, people you know you grow up with, like people from back home, like I know a lot of people from back home that I follow those people, we friends and stuff like that. So when them girls post those videos, it's like whatever they're doing, I just skip through it. Like but if somebody need a pool done down in Alabama, they know me. So they'll hit me up. Not not as interesting, man. We we wanna we wanna break off into this real quick. You talking about getting a pool done. When we introduced you, we introduced you, you know, as the owner of Primetime Pools. Now, this is, this is real interesting to me. Uh, you're a business owner. You started your own business. You branched out. I never met, you know, some, uh, well, probably because I ain't never owned no pools. So, shit, why would, why would I meet a, a pool or somebody who owned a pool? Nigga, <laughs> I ain't never owned no pool. Man, how did all that happen, man? How you became a business owner, man? And, and said, get, let's get a little bit of your history, man. I can't swim. I can swim. Now, like I said, I'm from Alabama, right? So, but I, I, I've i been to Columbia, man. Like, I went to Benedict. I graduated from Benedict. I moved from Alabama up here to go to Benedict. You know what I'm saying? So, I studied criminal justice first. I got a degree in criminal justice, whatever. Moved back home. And was working at, I was working for this Hyundai supplier, man. They was chump changing everybody to death, you know what I mean? So, God darn, after I came up here one year for homecoming, and I met my wife up here, and we got married 2016. And, bro, I moved up here, and, um, my good partner, he was for the pool base. He called me after about seven months. Man, you want a job? I'm like, hell yeah, you should have been called me, dude. You know what I mean? I signed out for six, seven months looking for work. So, man, I, I started working at Lanier Pools, man. And the first time I went out and saw what them boys was doing, I fell in love with it. Like, okay, ain't nobody on my back. It's easy. And I can make good money. So it was like. Okay, I'm gonna learn everything I can learn from these guys. Boom, boom, boom. And then um, I went out to go do a job. Oh, the black lady, I was gonna look out for her anyway, you know what I'm saying? Because I know she probably had a lot of money. But the whole time, the thing was a setup because she was working for the boss, trying to trying to catch guys for trying to take pools from her and stuff like that. So I gave her a good deal on the pool to do a pool on the side. She went up there and told the man that. She can't believe that I did that or whatever. So I denied it to the fullest. You know how we do. So he fired me, man. He fired me. I called my wife. I was like, dude, fire me. I'm finna start my own company. She said, for real? I said, yes. I went home, smoked me a blunt, wrote out me a business plan. Boom. And I'm going to tell you, the movie with Nick Cannon and Love Don't Cause a Thing. When he was the pool boy. And Steve Harvey said, my boy made $1,200 to clean the swimming pool. That light went off right there. I'm finna take over Columbia. So, man, I was just like, you know what? But I, I needed money because bills were piling up. I started working for um, Clark's Pest Control. And I told them guys, like, man, my pool business is what I'm trying to get off the ground. So once I get to 20-plus customers, I ain't going to be able to do this and that, right? Man, I got to 20-some customers so fast. I quit in the middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I called the manager and said, man, I'd rather talk to you in person. He was like, what, you quitting? I said, no, nah, I don't quit. I'm just bringing your truck. So I took the truck back. My wife made some Alfredo. I ate Alfredo, and I ain't looked back since, man. It's been a blessing to be able to strictly work for myself from the ground up, like with no loan from nobody. I asked my uncle for a loan. They wouldn't give me a loan. Nobody would give me a loan. I, I just wanted a small truck. Nobody would give me any money to help me get off the ground and that. And so the good Lord saw fit. Good thing my kids and my wife was all right. This lady ran the stop sign because I was doing the pools out of my BMW. Mm-hmm. This lady ran the stop sign and told her my BMW out. And I ended up buying my first truck. And then it just took off from there, man. It was like I got I started with eight pools. In 2020. Oh, 
So what you do? You service the pools, or you you actually build like dig dig up the ground and all that stuff? No, I I, I don't build them. We we do we we. I focus most on on the chemical side, right? Mm-hmm. Like making sure everybody's safe to swim, stuff like that. My cousin is my service guy. Technically, he he, you know what I'm saying. But we we put in pumps. We do sand changes, stuff like that. I got people that I sub stuff out to. They do liners. If somebody want a pool build, then I got guys that build pools too. Okay. But I, but I didn't want to focus on this building because that that could be a hassle. And besides, I was like, I can make more money just cleaning them. I can make more money just cleaning them versus them if I'm trying to build them and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, so, check, so check this. My thing is when we, we sit up here, you know, we always preach being independent. We, we preach, um, we salute, we salute those who step out on their own and, and do their own thing, man. When you were when you were in those stages, when you were in those stages and you were about to step off, man, what type of fear you had, man? What what type of worry you had? Man, to be honest, bro, I, I didn't have no worries at all. I didn't have no worries at all because I was like, man, I'm good at this. This is what I do. I just need the clientele. So you just needed the opportunity. You always, you had faith in your skills and knew that you was going to be all right because you already knew you had the skill to do it. You just needed the opportunity. Yes, sir. What what they call it, the triple gap? Yeah. That's what I got. Yo, oh yeah, we can tell. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. So man, it was like, I got to the point where I was like, man, if I get 50 customers, at fifty dollars a week, in a month's time, that's ten thousand dollars, right? Yeah. So I didn't want to stop at fifty. <laughs> so now I'm now I'm over sixty, and I got my nephew up here working with me. So it's like I got the help that I need. I don't got to train nobody. You know what I'm saying? So me and him just knock him out. But I'm also looking to help the um. Like give young boys right out of high school for the summer jobs and stuff like that. That's what I want to do. Teach them that trade, let them make some money. You know what I'm saying? And they can branch out and start their own thing. Hey, LeBron, a teacher, man. He needs a summer job, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm good. I I let I, <laughs> I stay in my lane, man. That ain't for me. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate the offer though, champ. You know, one thing I think I think that you that you said that a lot of people should focus on what you said was you set a goal for yourself. You said, all right, I need 20 jobs, I need 20 customers before I can quit my job. Once yeah. you reach that goal, you know, a lot of people get complacent. A lot of people say, Well, I got 20 customers, I'm making enough bread the way I way I'm good for a little bit. But then you set that next goal of 50, and then you set the next goal of 60. You know, I, I, I like that and I respect that so much because a lot of people are like, hey, man, I'm good enough with where I'm at. I'm good. But you keep setting that bar higher, man. How do you get that mind state to move like that, man? Where that come from, that grind? From, man, being growing up in the country in Alabama, man, like when I say like I literally come from nothing, like dirt roads, cotton fields is what you see down there. You feel me? Like when I tell people the story about Ben Wallace, like me and Ben Wallace went to the same high school, this and the third. Me and his sister actually actually graduated the same year. When I tell people this story, man, like we come from nothing. Like sir, sir, like a couple of my classmates, they they parents had money and money. You know what I'm saying? They was able to have nice clothes, this and the third. And I was like, man, whatever my mom could afford to buy me. I got to wear it. I can't complain. Say I want J's. I want this. I want that. But she ain't had the money to get it. So it's like I had that mindset that I'm going to find something that I love to do because I actually I should have been a professional baseball player, but my attitude got in the way. So that ain't work out. <laughs> you feel me? So it's like, what do you like to do? I like working for myself. I want to work for myself on my own company. 
Never out, like, I don't want no boss because I can't work for nobody. They ain't going to pay me what I'm worth. So it's what like, position, I got to find what, something that I really love to do. What position you play in baseball? Center field. Okay. You still get it, huh? That, that, yeah, curve, that, curve, that curve ball stopped me from being a, a baseball <laughs> When they were throwing that curve, I got to high school, they started throwing that curve just as fast as the fastball. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm about done with this. <laughs> Dad and them, go- them goggles held you back. Hey, hey. <laughs> football, football had to be my thing. I, I said, I, I, can handle, I can handle 255 person coming at me, but that little Tiny little ball coming at me 90 miles an hour. I ain't ready for that. <laughs> now, nah, man, believe it or not, I was a better football player than baseball player. Mm. But I love baseball. The thrill of hitting the home run, chicks, chicks dig the long ball. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's funny you mention that. It's funny you mention that now. Because this is a debate going on, man. And I think all of us done did this, did one of these at one point in time. Was what is the biggest sports thrill? I'm gonna put that out there now. What's the biggest sports thrill? Scoring a touchdown, dunking, or hitting a home run? Hitting the home run. Hitting a home run. Hitting a home run. And it, it ain't no other feeling like you know you don't got all that, Joker man. It's like it feels like you ain't even hitting that. So. I ain't never been able to dunk a basketball anyway, so I, I couldn't tell you how that feels. <laughs> <laughs> but I done scored touchdown, this in the third, interception, this in the third, but hitting a ball coming 92, 93 miles per hour, and you hit it out the park with your dad and your mom in the stand, ain't no other feeling better than that, bro. Well, I'm going to speak for someone who has done all three. I've done all three. I've scored a touchdown, I've dunked, and hit a home run. It's nothing like scoring under them Friday night lights. There's mm. nothing mm. like Friday night lights. It's nothing like it. When the band get to playing after you in the end zone and you doing all that with your partners and you just think about the festivities after scoring that touchdown. Everybody know you when you score that touchdown. Yeah. I mean, you know, unless you at a, a school that's big on baseball, nobody really comes to the baseball games. I played baseball. I was all region all year. Nobody comes to the baseball game except for your parents. And maybe the guy, the girls and the guys that want to see you lose. But other than that, <laughs> it, it, it's got to be a touchdown, man. What about you, C-Nez? Yeah, I'll say, you know, when I was in high school, I'd probably say get a dunk in the game. You know what I'm saying? Because we ain't dunking the game. Like, like these kids out here now, they getting four, five, six dunks in the game. So there ain't nothing down with us, you know. <laughs> One, one or two, you know, you was, you was the man, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, <laughs> as, as I got older, you know, I, I probably have to say football, scoring touchdown, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's that, that, that scoring a touchdown, like to me, scoring a touchdown, to me, well, our team sucks, so when you, when you score a touchdown, hell, it, was a, it, it was always a celebration for us because we suck. <laughs> so, so and see, we, my team, my high school team back home, we didn't have a baseball team. They cut it out before I got to high school. So it was either football or basketball, and I, I ain't like basketball like that, you know what I'm saying? But baseball was just what we played with our dads. And I, played, I started playing with grown-ups when I was like 14, 15 years old. You know what I'm saying? So my first my first coach that I played for actually pitched for the New York Mets. Yeah. So I was I was able to learn how to hit every pitch that anybody can throw. By the time I turned 19, dude, it was like you couldn't throw any pitch that I couldn't hit. Hmm. And like like coach said, you say they won't come to the game, they ain't have prime time on the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, your mama named you Dion, so I'm gonna call you Dion. Hey. I know, you know. Now, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy because for me, you know, I, I ain't scored a touchdown since, you know, since, since literally, you know what I'm saying? But I scored one on the B team. I scored one on the B team. That last one I scored. But because, um, you know, I was defensive player. I went to college. I went to college as a defensive player. And and dunking, you know, I dunked a few donuts, you know what I'm saying? But, but, but you know, I, I ain't never got no – Run around and dunk on somebody like that, but that yeah. hitting that home run, bro. The feel, because the thing is, when you hit that home run, when you score a touchdown, you need somebody blocking for you. 
You need somebody. Somebody helped you out to score that touchdown. Even when you dunk, you still need that outlet pass. You need something to happen to open up for you to get that dunk. But when you hit that home run, it's just you in that picture. That's all it is. You got one man against you trying to get you out, and you just conquered that one man. And, and to hit that thing, and I ain't never hit one with a wooden bat, but I don't hit. I don't heard that ping, and you know oh, yeah. it. You know when you hit it, you know it's gone. Oh man, bro, that's that is the greatest feeling in the world for me, man. You know, yeah, I, I, I get hey. The greatest sports feeling it is, bro. That for me is hitting that home, hitting that deep ball, man. I'm it telling is. you, man. That, that that's that's it for me. I feel because, like you say, you never had the opportunity to do other things. Hey, don't make it that way. But uh, you know, I I was a home run hitter. I, I was either uh, I'm gonna strike out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna hit a home run. <laughs> I I hit plenty of home runs, but I, I struck out plenty of times also. But uh, you know, I. Home run do feel good, but I, I don't know. I guess it's just uh, your sport of preference. I, I ain't never seen the home run. You know what I'm saying? You know the home run that I hit. Ask <laughs> Anton about the home run I hit when he came to play, came to play with me one year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, one thing, I done seen Chance hit a few home runs, but the thing about Chance and Chance home runs, I'm going to call you out on the spot, Chance. You were playing. Chance got a late birthday. Chance got a late oh, okay. birthday. So, <laughs> so when we was all blown up the Pony League, Chance was still playing Major League, and he was hitting he was hitting home runs against against the class behind us. You know what I'm saying? Man, <laughs> he wasn't doing it against uh, our class. Hey, uh, hey, Chance came down there and played us. And ain't hit nothing. I don't even remember Chance fouling the ball. Hey, I told, <laughs> hey, I told you to strike out a home run. It wasn't yeah, no in between. It was, a, it was a strikeout. Now that I'm parked, I got a little Corona. Okay, I see. But yeah, I do remember. I do remember Chance. What about saying that new part? Chance was to get the deep ball. I, I give him that. I give him that. I didn't it's see it. Great. I can only speak for me. <laughs> It was so, people a year younger than us, though. <laughs> I'm a year, I, I, I'm a year same, younger. We're the same age. <laughs> yeah, uh, my, my, my age group. Yeah, you were playing a year behind us, though, so it ain't count. Right, but, yeah, I, I hit something against our, uh, our same guys, too. Her, her, I done took her to the yard a couple times. Oh, Herb Pondle. Herb and that funky-ass curveball Herb used to throw. <laughs> now, now, now you'll know our, our partner, our partner heard heard through a curveball. He threw the slowest curve in the world, but it was one of them curves that used to hang up by your head and then just fall <laughs> on the plate. You talk about hey, don't be the run, run hey, don't be the ones people run from. Don't be the ones people run from. Now, mm-hmm. but but if you stood in there, if you stood in there and caught it when it dropped, that was it, bro. <laughs> it was going. You can smack that Check this, man. Check this. We wanna we wanna pull up to something else, man. We got we got a lot going on, man. We won't jump in right here. Oh, are we gonna talk about the stem cell? That's what I got pulled up. Man, something a little thing going around Facebook right now. Hold on, I gotta get my glasses on, man. I can't see. Let me get up close to this thing. My ex-boyfriend, James, hold on. I'm going to pull this up so everybody can see it. Boom. Hold on. I'm going to let everybody see it so so y'all don't think I'm crazy. All right. My ex-boyfriend, James, and I had a relationship before we were 19. I had gotten pregnant with our son, Luke, that same year, and James had refused to claim him as his son. He told me to get an abortion or we couldn't be together anymore. Not going to lie, I was hurt, but I chose my son and my relationship with James was over from then on. A few months later, my sister announced she was getting married to her fiance, who's a doctor. Her fiance, David, had a best friend, Anthony, who I found attractive. 
Anthony and I end up getting married under the guise that my son Luke was his. And for the past eight years, Anthony has been a great father to Luke and our son, Junior, and a great husband as well. I'm very thankful I met him. Recently, James had reached out to me asking to meet up. I never responded to his text until I bumped into him. Once at the supermarket, which I doubt was coincidental, he told me that he needed our son to donate his stem cells for his six-year-old daughter who, was, who has cancer and only one year left to live. I politely told him no and that my son isn't and that my son isn't uh oh he is since he gave his rights away. James called me an asshole and that he was going to file for custody of my son and make sure I won't ever see him again. His wife, who I don't who I didn't know or ever met, blew up my phone later telling me that I am evil and that if her daughter dies, it's my fault. I know I'm not wrong here, but deep down I'm wondering if I am the asshole for refusing to save someone's dying, dying, I guess, dying daughter. What do y'all think, man? Is she an asshole? Is she right? Is she wrong? Now, that's, that's kind of crazy right there, man. What y'all think about this? <laughs> nah, I mean, it is what it is, man. He messed that situation up. I can see if they was asking for her to get some sales or whatever, transplant. He asking her for her son to go into surgery and do this. I don't think I'd be down for that either. I ain't, I ain't putting him in that situation. Man, it's, it's, it's kind of, to me, it's kind of yes and no. You know what I mean? Because at the same time, Buddy know what he did was wrong by refusing to stay there with his son from the start. She know that his son, you know what I'm saying? But also, this is his sister. Regardless of the fact you and him got something going on or not, that's still his sister. Yeah. And I can't, I can I can only put myself in people's position. Like, I was like, if me and my sister had different parents and her dad asked me to, ask my mom to do that for her. I, I couldn't see letting a girl, a child die because you and the husband, or you and the baby dad ain't together, y'all on bad terms. You're going to put that kid in that situation. He ain't, he, I don't think he's old enough to make that decision on his own. You know what I mean? And I ain't going to just say, hey, I'm, I'm going to put my kid in surgery to, to do that. I'm trying to find another way. Well, here's the other thing, man. For me, it comes down to, I would be willing to do it if it didn't harm my kid. Now, I don't know shit about stem cells. You know, I don't know how you do it. So on RIP 28, you know, we got to do a little bit of research before we give out them RIP 28 facts. Them RIP 28, you know. And, and from what they say, I pulled it up, they say, is donating stem cells hurt? Uh, the myth is stem cell donation is painful. Fact, for bone marrow donation, the collection of stem cells is taken from the iliac crest and you and done using general anesthesia so the doc, so the donor does not experience pain due, during the donation procedure. So for me, it sounds like it's, it's a painless thing for the kid to do. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't sleep in good conscience knowing somebody else's child is dying. No matter what bad blood I got for, for my, my ex, it, it, I, it, it, I wouldn't be right. I wouldn't feel right knowing that I, I would let her kid die because because he's an asshole. I would, especially if it ain't if it ain't painful. If it ain't gonna hurt my kid, mm. yeah, I, I would. I wouldn't feel right. I think I think she's wrong. You got to put him under some anesthesia or something. Yeah, anything can go wrong, man. Once you get surgery, anything can go wrong now. It ain't, you know what I'm saying? It ain't, it ain't no no guaranteed thing once you put somebody under, once you put somebody under. But according to the Google, it ain't painful. But how about the recovery? Is how's the recovery? Is it I don't know. I I I, I don't know. That's a tough one, man. You don't you don't want my son, but when you need him, you want you conveniently call me. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 really like I, I 
I always prayed for a son, man. I end up with all girls. <laughs> you know what I mean? So for him to for him to deny his son like that at birth, like that, dude, it's like, dude, that's a blessing. You got somebody to carry on your name. You know what I mean? So he 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 messed that whole situation up. But then her still, she has to look at the bigger picture. This is his sister. No matter how you look at it, this is his sister. So you would rather let his sister die and not be an asshole, you know what I'm saying? Then save pretty, a life. I'm pretty sure they don't have they don't have a relationship. Brother and sister. Yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't have a relationship. You're right about that. But they still but blood, still, though. Still but, why, but why is she an asshole though? Why is she an asshole? I I I don't think she's an asshole in my personal opinion. Because once you denied my son and gave up your rights, how you how how do you think that made her feel or that child or whatever. But it, it come a point, man, where you got to be a bigger person. You know, it ain't always cool. It ain't always good. You know me, hey, I love being an asshole. I, I, I love being an asshole. But every now and then, you got to step up and be, be a bigger person, man. Sometimes you got to step up and be like, this is what's best. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Well, like I said, is that her decision to make or is Kid. Well, if the kid is five, is you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, it's, it's her decision. It ain't the kid's decision. Yeah. You go to I'm say, like, hey, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to the hospital, emergency room, or whatever, <laughs> and, and, and slice you up. That, that's, what you're gonna, that's what you're going to do to the little kid, man. I mean, you, I, I mean, I guess you would talk to the kid and, you know, hey, kid, right. this, this was going on. Uh, explain the situation. Yeah, that's that's tough as a kid, you, though, man. Think you don't even have kid. to tell the kid. You don't have to tell the kid that that's his sister. Not yet. You know what I'm saying? If he's five, just tell him. You know, you tell him you gotta because because see, this is something else I just thought of. It would fuck the kid up too if the kid find out his daddy, the dude he been calling his daddy, ain't his dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they say the boy was five years old? Uh, let's put, just he, I think he, they said he was like six years ago. Yeah, something like that. I just don't know if I want to put my kid. Yeah. I have a five-year-old son. I don't think I would do it. I mean, you know, hope I'm, I'm glad I ain't in no type of situation like that. All uh, my right. kids with, with my wife. So. <laughs> I mean that 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 would be a no-brainer. You know what I'm saying? No, they, yeah. was, they were together when they was 19, before they were 19. The kid 18. The kid, the kid 18. And then the son, he, he the son 18, but he can make that decision himself, but ain't got nothing to do with it. Why he 18 years The old. kid 8. The kid 8. Now he said 18. That's a big difference. Yeah, the kid, my bad. The kid 8. What I lean to, what I lean to is the, the father denied his parental rights or whatever it first went down when he was when he was 19. now when the dude was 19 you you gotta know he wasn't mature enough to have he wasn't mature you know what i'm saying to make to make a, a decision like that the dude may have grown the dude may have grown these past eight years he's 27 now now so i don't know you know i don't I, I, i'm trying to speak for the dude i'm trying to shoot the dude some bail you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I understand the dude. He gonna he gonna do what he got to do to try to take care of his baby. So I don't blame yeah. him for asking, but I can't be mad one way or the other if she say yes or no. I mean, listen. So in them eight years or six years or whatever it has been, you ain't think once to pick up the phone and say, "Hey, how's little Sylvester doing? Hey, how's little Chance doing?" But as soon as you need me. Your window of opportunity open. Here you go. Yeah, that's tough, man. I mean, I, I I hate that situation, and I'm like, I'm like Chance. I'm glad my situation is totally different, but that's tough, man. Like, I, I don't think I could be mad either way. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one, Coach. I mean, it's like it's kind of a catch twenty two, man. Because if like at nineteen years old, I know how I was at nineteen. I was having a baby. If I had had a baby at 19, I don't know what I'd do. 
you know what I mean? I had homeboys had having kids when they was 19. But for me, it was always, I'm going to have my first one when I'm 25. But for him to deny the kid like that, like like you say, bro, he might have he matured. He done grown up now, you know what I'm saying? But once you sign over them rights, bro, it's pretty much a done deal. All right. So so let me let me ask you all this, though. Other way around. You know what I'm saying? If it was the daddy, they had to do that. They're making that decision. Y'all think it's a, it's a difference? What you mean? Like, you know, so so the dude gave up his, his rights to the son. If it was opposite, say, the, the, the girl gave up her rights to the son, and the, the guy had to make that decision. Y'all think it's a difference there? No, it ain't no difference. It ain't no difference. It's the same thing. You know, it's just how you how the, how the person feels. You know what I'm saying? It's just how, how that, that emotion, how they feel. Just tell, I would just tell my kid, you got a chance to be a hero. Yeah. You got a chance to be a hero. Yeah, I mean, you can break it to them later, like, later, like, that was your sister. You know what I mean? But as, as parents, man, like, as a man, he should, he should be, he should just go back and, and give her a sincere apology for everything, how things went down before he even asked about to ask her to do do this at all. You know what I mean? Because you gave up your rights and now you need, you need me. Basically, you need him. You need her. You know what I'm saying? So it, it all starts with being a man and saying, bro, go talking to her like, hey, we need to talk. And just apologize for everything and hope she's seeing good faith to let you um let the boy save his sister. I, I kind of question this scenario too, because all right, so the dad should have the same DNA or something like that. He should be able to do it. Mama, one of one of the two should be able to save the kid. And yeah. that just be the brother, you know what I mean? So that's yeah. kind of weird in my opinion, also. Yeah. Cause I mean they they I mean they both got the same DNA from the daddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So so, so is, is it that he just don't want to do it? He wants the son to do it or what? It could be. It could be. Nah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he probably tested out of it. You know what I'm saying? He probably tested and then realized he couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. You got to think. You got to think. He exhausted. And, and this all us guessing. We know we just guessing. But yeah. you got to think. You, you would exhaust every possibility, every every option you have before you went to your baby mama, who you ain't speak to in eight years. Yeah, we would. Yeah. Not everybody. Yeah, yeah, not everybody. So, like I said, man, it's that that situation there is tricky because I, I don't think she's an asshole for keeping her son away from somebody who didn't want it. You know what I mean? But it, 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 as far as being an asshole about the situation, she should just think about it before she said no. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like I said, that's still his sister, whether she wanted to be or not. That's still his sister. <laughs> And, and see, I, I err on the side of, and, and I and I and I think I don't think I will waver. I think once I found out it wasn't painful, if it wasn't painful for my kid, and my kid wouldn't have no no lasting effects, I would go ahead and give him the green light. But the, my biggest issue, you know, would be explaining to the kid how you gonna explain to the kid that your daddy ain't really your daddy. That that's the biggest issue. And kids don't even want to get shots. A shot. You're gonna say, all right, I'm gonna put you in uncertain. You know what I'm saying? That could be traumatized. But that's the thing. You gotta let them know, like like Dion said, though, let them know you get a chance to be the hero. You know what I'm saying? You gotta make it sound sweet to them. You know what I'm saying? You just can't go and grab them up by the collar, say, look, little dude, go ahead. Give up your bone. You know, nah, yeah, you gotta sound sweet to him, you know. Hey, the kid is smarter than we were. Think about it, though. I think she should think about it, though. Really, she should think about it some more before she just up and say no. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it would definitely be a discussion and you know some uh, thought process going on there. You know, uh, like I said, I can't, I can't uh, be mad one way or the other. if they make the decision that uh, yes. I'm cool with that. If they make sure no, you know, I understand. I feel yeah, you. Yeah, I definitely see both sides. 
I definitely see both sides. But but she uh you know you know how some of these women get you know they they make their decisions off emotion. Yeah. Uh, so it's straight off the bat, no, without even thinking about it, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. So like I, like you said, man, think about it, pray on it, do whatever you gotta do. But uh, I'm good with these decisions you make. All right, man. Check this, check this, man. We're getting close to the end. We're getting close to the end. But before we go, man, you know, we always have to give props to the greatest actor ever. The greatest actor ever. I know I know LeBron don't want to believe me. But we give props to the one and only Mr. Samuel L. Jackson. We're going to have us a Samuel L. Jackson appreciation moment. And, uh, you know, what we usually do, uh, DR, in these uh, Samuel L. Jackson appreciation moments, what we do, we, we highlight one movie. We highlight one of Sam's movies, and we just give a brief overview of what we thought about the character, what we thought about the movie. And today we're going to talk about coming to America. Coming to America, uh, Samuel L. Jackson role in coming to America. Um, he was the boom, 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 boom. Let's break down, break down what they say about coming to America. We're going to pull it up here on Wikipedia. We're going to give you the whole thing. Coming to America is a 1998 American romantic comedy directed by John Landis and based on a story originally created by Eddie Murphy, who also stars in the lead role. The film co-stars Arsenio Hall, James Earl Jones, Sherry Headley, and John F. Amos. The film was released in the United States on June 29, 1988. Eddie Murphy plays King Jaffa, the crown prince of a f- fictional African nation of Zumunda, who travels to the United States in hopes of finding a woman he can marry and love for who she is, not for her status or having been trained to please him. Now, that is the premise of coming to America. And here's the thing, when uh, when when um, Akeem moved to America, he worked at a place called McDowell's. Now, as he was working up, as he was working in McDowell's, McDowell's got robbed by Samuel L. Jackson. Sam pulled out the shotgun, and then Akeem sat to the side quietly and came over. <laughs> oh, my, uh, the mop, the mop. It was a mop. My mop. The mop, the mop handle. <laughs> he, he mopped him up with the mop handle. So, man, now we like to, you know, just highlight, think about Samuel Jackson, the dude been in a million movies. And, and the thing is, a lot of the movies, he only been in the movie for about two minutes in each movie, in a lot of them. But he was in every movie, man. What y'all thought about this role, man? Was he convincing as a thief, as a crook? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They was hit. They were hit by that guy nine times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's like with, with Sam L. Man, like I remember, like a couple of his first movies, like uh, he was in Juice, the little cameo he had in Juice. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So you you can see you can see it there you know what I'm saying a lot it was another movie I saw him early early on like I didn't know he played in it until I started watching it was an older movie but to see him in that and when he walked in there you know what I'm saying pull out that bum bum <laughs> all right <laughs> so now I got y'all attention <laughs> yeah. Yeah. empty out the draw fat boy come on come on <laughs> quit stalling. <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, Sam, Sam, he the man. Uh, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm glad to see him in as little as capacity as possible. You know, even if he, even if he only got one minute on the show, I, I, I kind of, I appreciate it. He, 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 oh yeah. But that, that's the cool thing about that, though, man. That you look, you think back about that scene, and, and you think how he can, man. You know, you know, he had um, some, some drug problems back in the early 80s, you know what I'm saying? Sam, yeah. Sam was on crack. He was a functioning crackhead, man. He was yeah. a functioning crackhead, but I think by the time he might have did uh, coming to America, you know, he might have been out of rehab by then. But the thing is, though, man, he, he played that part. You you really believe 
That Sam would get out there and rob a motherfucker, man. <laughs> he, he had that look. Man, he I mean, had, he, that, he had that look, man. It, it worked for him, man. And that's why, for me, man, LeBron don't want to believe me, but he's the greatest actor. Man. He looked like one of them dudes you see at the gas station asking for a dollar. Man. Real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, so he played like, that yeah. part, man. Like, so you're like, yeah, I can see that. I can see it. <laughs> hey, Slide, hey, Samuel is great, and that can't be denied. You just asked me for my preference, brother, and I just yeah. chose Denzel. Yeah, I think I think this way the way the whole conversation started off, Dion. Um, we came up who had the better movies. Was was it in the nineties? We said who had the better movies in the nineties, Samuel Jackson or Denzel? And LeBron was at first. I, I ain't gonna lie. At first, we was all saying Denzel, but then when we opened up that that Samuelography, I mean Samuel Jackson filmography. And we said, hey, man, Sam been in some killers, man. Sam done been in some stuff in the 90s, man. Yeah, Sam was in the movie with LL and the shark movie and all that. Yeah, he was was in everything, man. Sam was in everything, man. A lot of times, like you say, he ain't in there for nothing but two minutes. Yeah. That between him and Denzel is kind of crazy because Everybody, everybody looked to as uh, glory putting Denzel on the map. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like I say, uh, Denzel ain't gonna take the road unless he's the main character. Sam, yeah. Sam, Samuel Jackson take any road. You know, I, and, I, and I, I appreciate that. About, I ain't never thought about that. I ain't never seen Denzel, especially once he became Denzel. I ain't never seen him as as a side character, man. You know, you know, he was a soldier story. He wasn't the star. But that, that was before, you know what I'm saying? Before he was Denzel. Denzel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, like I said, he just, he just won't take them parts. You know, he's he too big time for that. You know, I, I appreciate the man who goes to work every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but man, actually, man, he, he came to the school one year when his son was playing with Morehouse. He was real cool. You know what I mean? Denzel. Like, Denzel. To, yeah. Came to the football game. He was real cool. He wasn't. Like everybody get away from it, you know, he ain't got security right here. He's sitting in the stand with us and everything, shooting the shit, talking it up, you know what I'm saying? They put it on us, but hey, it was good just you know what I'm saying, just to got there and see how real and cool he down to earth he was. You know what I mean? Hey, you you talk about his son, man. His son uh, acting his own right, dog. Oh yeah, he cold, he cold. I was rewatching that uh that's that show Ballers. I was I, you know, I I missed out like the last the last two seasons, I ain't watched the last two seasons, but man, hey, he killed that role, Ricky, Ricky, or uh, whatever name, Ricky Jerry, whatever name is. Yeah, I ain't seen that one, but uh, he was on Black Clan, he was Black Clansman, right? Yep, he was Black yeah. Clansman. Yeah, he was good on that man. He was good. <laughs> yeah, I man, like that. That dude pretty good, man. He get he get it honest, man. He get it honest. Oh yeah. Well, check this, man. Hey, it has been another great and awesome episode of the RIP 28 podcast, man. We went a little bit of every way, man. We talked about a little bit of it all on the RIP 28 podcast, man. We got any parting shots, man? President, you got anything you want to say? Nah, man. Just uh, let's have a good week, everybody, man. Let's do your thing, you know. If you got a job, work your job and make sure you do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't be out here broke. Yeah, you know, I know that's right. <laughs> but no, nah, man, I want to say, man, I appreciate you guys, man, for even inviting me on, man, to be a part of this, man, to put my story out there. You know what I'm saying? So anybody, you, anybody, they, they want to get their pool clean, they looking to get their pool clean, don't hesitate to call me, man. From green to blue is what I do. Yeah, Primetime pool man. pros. Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to grow up and get a pool one day, man. I, I hit you up. <laughs> Just don't get it from Walmart. <laughs> them, them above grounds. Yeah, man. Ladies, she sent me a text today, sending me a picture of that, man. I'm like, I don't do those kind of honey. You know what I'm saying? I mean I can, but I don't for real, for real. <laughs> you gotta turn you. that thing over to clean it out. I what about yeah, you, man, LBZ? Really you got anything it. to say, LBZ, before we get out of here? Man, the only thing God says to those that's graduating this year, coming up, 
Keep your eye on the prize. Your journey is just beginning. Welcome to the real world. And remember, nothing else in your life will ever be free. So get ready to get you a job as you complete <laughs> these high school years. But now, salute to those graduating, man. We're proud of you. Keep pushing forward in this tough world, and we'll see you on the other side. Stay OB. All First right, man. Once again, man, it's been another great episode of the RIP 28 podcast. Man, it's a podcast where a few friends get together. We talk about a few things. Now, some of those things you might like, some of those things you might not like, but we keep on talking about them. Now, just like LeBron, I'm going to give a little bit of advice to all the young brothers going away to college, starting their life, man. One thing you want to do, tell the pretty ones how smart they are and tell the smart ones how pretty they are and you'll get real far on them college campuses. <laughs> I'll holla at you. It's the Real 28 Podcast. One love, brother. I appreciate you, dog. Yes, sir. Anytime, man. Anytime. Really though, y'all some laid actors. On a ball and chain playing the slave master. Pray to heavenly father, we remain bastards. But you can't pass us. And you can't